Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And as we do on occasion, we're going to deviate a little bit from talking about hardcore business things. Those are fun. Those are great. But as people who have listened to my program know, if you if there's something not right in your head, your heart, your soul, it's not going to matter how successful your business is. Because if you aren't right, nothing else is going to matter. And so we're going to have so much fun today talking with my guest. And so please join me in welcoming Patrick Cummings to our program today. Welcome, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to it. Perfect. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Patrick Cummings is an entrepreneur, business coach, wealth management advisor, and published author committed to helping others balance their lives for happier outcomes. He worked in the corporate world for 12 years before deciding when his children were just toddlers to start his own business and gain control of his time. He is the author of The Family Business Balancing Act, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Being a Family Man. He is an active member in his community, and Patrick lives in Washington State with his wife, Brooke. So again, Patrick, welcome. Thank you. It's uh, a little colder here today than it is in Atlanta. I know. We were talking about that. You have snow and we have 75 degrees. Um, uh, now, I, I what we didn't talk about, I'm from Colorado. I miss the snow. I don't want the snow yeah. here. <laughs> you know? But yes. yeah, you know, and, and but you know, got to love technology that, that we can no. be having these conversations and be having them face to face. You know, that's that's what's so much fun. Well, you know, we talked, you know, I I mentioned your book and your book is it tells the story of what you have have done throughout your life. And but I think that it's always good for our listeners to hear a little bit more about your story and how you discovered that what you're doing now truly is your passion in life. So give us some details. Well, I mean, it's a that whole story is a long story and that's in the book as you say but raised by a single mom my dad left when I was five my brother left when I was nine to live with my dad and you know I didn't know that we didn't have anything Um, you know I I was raised pretty poor and started working at a very early age my my dad was part of my life but only maybe you know a a day and a half maybe two days every other week Mm -hmm. and even then I was going to work with him Right. right. And so he only knew what his dad had taught him. Mm-hmm. And that was, you got to provide for your family and you got to right. work. Mm-hmm. Work, so, work, 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 <laughs> work, work, work. And so I started working at a very early age, worked through college, um, got into corporate America, got a job that everybody dreamed about. You know, I was a sales rep for an international company and mm-hmm. expense account and all that. But life was about the company. Right. Not about my family. Mm-hmm. And um, on my son's fourth birthday, I realized that I had actually spent the in- one entire year of his life looking through a windshield, oh. traveling to sell product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to raise my, I don't want somebody else raising my family. Mm-hmm. And I had a vision of what I wanted my kids to grow up and be mm-hmm. or to, to how to act. I shouldn't say to be, but um, so I changed careers. And became the hardest boss a person could have on myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most entrepreneurs listening today are going to agree that, yeah, you got into the business because you wanted to have time freedom and financial freedom. And right. All that. Yeah. But silly us. Mm-hmm. We give ourselves that time freedom. And I would say most people don't. Mm-hmm. And it almost cost me my marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost cost me my son's life. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, when I lost my dad three years ago, a um, lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two offices. I travel uh, 
my offices are about two hours apart. Mm-hmm. And so I drive and a lot of reflection on that and a lot of reflection on what is it, what is the, really the goal of, of being in business or mm-hmm. uh, being an entrepreneur and, right. and how do you balance it? Everyone's shooting mm-hmm. for the best month ever, the best quarter ever, the best year ever, but yet what does it cost you? Mm-hmm. And I would say all of that, there's a cost. Right. And I did not want that cost to be the jeopardy of my family and mm-hmm. my wife and I almost divorced uh, when my kids were 10 and 13. And um, fortunately we made it through. We've been married now for 33 years and um, I have two awesome kids mm-hmm. and it's not all about business. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, I'm passionate about what I do because I was raised again by a single mom, mm-hmm. didn't have any money, helping people make good choices right. with their money mm-hmm. uh, and, and give as little as possible to the government mm-hmm. I mean, legally. Right. But it's developing relationships and helping people mm-hmm. uh, really pursue what's going to make them happy in their life. And, and it's not all about the almighty dollar. Right. Hopefully that gives you a little perspective. Yeah, it, it does. You know, and it, it's, it's so interesting. And, and I did read your book, even though it's for the family man. <laughs> you know? yeah, and, right. and I'll tell you, I think it's very valuable for both men and women. Yeah. Because, you know, especially if, there are struggles going on in a marriage. I think so many times it, it helps us women to sometimes know where they're coming from because men aren't always going to talk to us about that um, right. because they don't often see it as an issue. And so when we look at it from our perspective of, you know, where are we, Mars, Venus, wh- wherever women are, um, yeah. we, we go, oh, oh, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that that we have seen and and especially with the the generation who are you know a, a little bit more mature let's just put it that way um you know especially men it's it's as you said you know men were supposed to work they were supposed to work themselves as much as they possibly could because they were doing it to provide for their family yeah and you know, and, and the, the but the bad part is it's exactly what you were saying. When you get so caught up in doing that, then your family doesn't even know you exist. And I think right. that's where we see so many problems arise. Is you know, you've got this great successful career. You're bringing in the money. You're doing all of that. And you go home, and your kid goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> you know, or you know, you missed my last soccer game or concert, or you know, your wife is like, "Nope." Nope, I'm I'm doing a hundred percent of this, and yeah, it's great to have the paycheck, but no. Um, so, so talk to us more about this because I think this is is the big issue: is men feel that they have to be that provider, and that's that is strictly from a financial standpoint. Yeah, and I think um, you know a lot of people refer to it as kind of the generational sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only learn what we were taught from our parents. Right. right. And um, so my dad grew up working in logging camps. His dad mm-hmm. was a logger. He worked six days a week, 16, right. 16 mm-hmm. hours a day. And that's what he did. And mm-hmm. when he would come home, my grandmother would have dinner on the table and desserts mm-hmm. made and his all of his laundry cleaned. That was an expectation my dad had. And so when my dad got into athletics and became a coach, it was all about winning mm-hmm. and it was all mm-hmm. about the support of the local community mm-hmm. because if you didn't have it, you didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And to make more money, he would offer state championships mm-hmm. or different, you know, right. just things mm-hmm. that he would add to his job. And, and that's how I was grew up and that mm-hmm. was what I was taught. And so to your point, I would come home and I'm working my tail off. You know, I'm starting a business mm-hmm. from scratch. And I'm working my tail off. I'm bringing the money home and I'm, I come home to a fight. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Right. And why don't you understand how hard I'm working mm-hmm. and what, the, what I'm doing for you? Yeah. And um, what I had to learn was, okay, all I can do is fix me. Mm-hmm. I can't fix my wife if I want her to act differently. I can't fix that. We were in the, you know, like so many people, she was raised different than I was raised. And so she disciplined the kids different than I did. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd come home uh, sometimes that, you know, you work 
six days a week trying to get this business up and running and you wanted to sit down and have family time or, but it was a conflict. Right. Right. And now I, I come home and I don't even get to relax. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, being able so to. So then have, you wanted to work more. I just, yeah, I'll just be gone. And not be home. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's not healthy. And, and that leads to a path where you just grow apart. And like you said, your kids begin to resent who you are. You're coming home and you're going to discipline me and you're never here. Right. Um, so working with your partner um, and talking about those mm-hmm. struggles and how do we how do we go forward? Um, how do we move forward? And we parent not only do we parent together, but when we are together, we're spending time as a family unit. Right. My wife and I go out every week. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. You have date night we have or date actually date week. lunch, right? Is we it still lunch? lunch every week? Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I read week, your book. <laughs> yeah, but this week it doesn't work. And so we went out to dinner last night. Okay. And, you know, so we went out to a, it was a it's kind of a sports bar, taco bar place, mm-hmm. you know, lots of snow. So there wasn't real busy. Mm-hmm. But I was looking around the restaurant and I mentioned to my wife, I said, look at these young couples that are here. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is they're staring at their phone, right? taking pictures of their dinner. Mm-hmm. They're not even having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we made a point of it mm-hmm. with our kids and, and ourselves. No social media, no phone at the table. Mm-hmm. We go out to dinner. It's left in the car. Mm-hmm. And when you first start doing that, there's an argument. Right. right. Oh, my. So the world is going to come to an end and I won't know. Yeah, but. You know, the the dads I see so often, you go to a sporting event or you go someplace, they're checking emails. Right. Or mm-hmm. why are we doing that when, when we say our family is the most important thing, mm-hmm. but yet we don't treat them that way? Right. And, and, and that's my point of um, you're going to have to work hard, right? Mm-hmm. But we, we all can be more efficient, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Um, but setting realistic goals of, of a measure of success is not, I got to beat everybody in the office mm-hmm. because your family does not care. Your parents right. do not care mm-hmm. how much money you make. Um, and, and so, you know, that is one of the biggest challenges is how do you communicate that to your spouse? And then if your spouse is working, maybe they're getting a paycheck consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to communicate mm-hmm. about it about all right. that and, and expectations, you know, maybe if you want me, me home more often, that's okay. But, but there's going to be, we less. might not have the grand vacation. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and of course the corporate world, or even if, you know, you you own your own business, the, the goal is to make as much money as possible. Right. You know, that you can do everything else as long as you've got as much money. And so, that when you talk about boundaries and the fact that, you know, you worked in corporate America and I got out of corporate America 20 years ago, partially for the same reasons you did. It was like, oh, yuck. But, you know, they, the expectations that are put on you there. And I love, you know, some of the stories that you've got in your book, you know, and, and just yesterday now, you know, we're, we're taping this a little bit before it actually airs, but there was a picture of one of the, the Twitter executives sleeping on the floor of her office in a sleeping bag. And she had a little mask over her eyes, you know, so that it could be dark sleeping there to show Elon Musk, how committed she was. And I'm thinking, Oh no, no. You know, now, you know, there have been times where you do have to put in those really long hours, you know, depending on what you do. And, and, you know, you were just talking about snow. You might actually get snowed into your office or, you know, things like that. But, You know, and, and, but it's when you're, if, if, if you have to sleep on the floor of your office to prove that you're committed to your job, no, I'm, there's, there's really not, and I don't care if you have a family, if you have a dog, a cat, if you're totally single and on your own, that is not a good job. And that's, that's what's worse is that is not a good corporate environment. Do you really want to be in that? No, no, absolutely. And you know, if you look at that kind of a person who's living that way in their work, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, worker happiness, worker productivity, worker satisfaction, right. it's going to play into what you do. It's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right. if you're in a business, you know, I know nothing about Twitter and social media mm-hmm. running that business, mm-hmm. but, but in our business, you know, where we're client facing a lot, mm-hmm. we're dealing with people's money. We're dealing right. with, and sometimes they need attention at Sunday evening at 10 PM. Yeah. But if, People are unhappy. Mm-hmm. That is going to play over. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> in, in my career, other than retirement or having to let somebody go mm-hmm. for, for strange reasons, I've never had anybody leave mm. because of the way we treat them mm-hmm. here. It's, it's, wow. I pursue family time. Mm-hmm. I value wow. family time right. and I want my team, my entire yes. team. Yes, yes. That is what's so critical because you value it. They get to value it also. Exactly. And everybody pulls the rope, mm-hmm. right? And and when you help people like, understand what their unique ability is, mm-hmm. and that's part of what I really strive to do is help people figure out what is your unique ability. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody has weakness. Right. So why do we talk badly about weakness? Because everybody's got them. And, and right. It's, it's okay. Men can cry. Yeah. And but I look at these things of saying that I'm gonna I'm gonna do more of what I am really good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna find somebody who's really good at the stuff that I'm not good at. Because right. that's that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And if you can build a culture around that, uh, and you can build an office structure around that, it is really successful and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Doesn't mean there's times that people have to go outside the comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. But but if you can create that culture, mm-hmm. um, I do not want my team sleeping under their desk. Right. Or, you know, if they're spending too much time here, I demand that mm-hmm. they have to leave. Right? right? You have to mm-hmm. go take some vacation. Mm-hmm. What you're telling me is I need to find somebody else to add to mm-hmm. the team. So, yeah, that culture is uh, really important. Right. To, I don't understand it. Right. You know, and it is, it's a 24 seven business, you know, just because people around the world are using it, but right. you know, that's, that's where you have to have hired well, right? you know, so that somebody's not now, you know, obviously everyone's well, as we said, there are exceptions, but, but yeah, you, if you hire well, you as the owner know I can go home and things will be taken care of. You know, if it is a true emergency, maybe they do need to reach me. Um, you know, and, and, but, and, you know, all of that, I mean, you, and employees have to know that they're empowered also to make those decisions. So they're not calling you while you're having dinner with your wife, um, you know, and, and things like that. And it's all about that culture. And as you said, it's that family centered culture, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then what happens is that the extension of the family are your employees. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, when they know that, Mm-hmm. And they know that if they make a mistake with me, if they make a mistake, it can cost us money, right? Right. It can cost a lot of money. <laughs> but we all make mistakes. Right. And mm-hmm. and my team knows that if they do something wrong, and, and I know it's not malicious, mm-hmm. they're not going to lose their job. They're not going to get punished for, mm-hmm. for making a simple mistake. If they continue to make the same mistake over and over again, that's a problem. But Right. Yeah. And maybe that, yeah, then then you have to solve that problem. But they know they can come to me immediately and say, hey, I screwed up with this or that or what should we do? And, you know, to your other point, if I'm not here, if I'm in meetings or if I'm on this Mm -hmm. podcast with you and something happens, my question to them, and this comes from Dan Sullivan's strategic coach Mm -hmm. organization is, okay, if you couldn't get a hold of me, what would you do? Right. And have the discussion Mm -hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Right. What are you going to do if you can't get a hold of me? And if mm-hmm. they answer and it's not something that you would think is appropriate, say, well, what else would you do? Until mm-hmm. they say, well, I would do X. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Right. That's what I want you mm-hmm. to do. And it's fun to see in them. It gives them the freedom of knowing that, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a top down boss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just fun to see people working in that environment. Mm-hmm. That, that right. They feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. They feel safe mm-hmm. uh, and they feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you, you mentioned a keyword appreciated. You know, that's, that's the other thing, you know, safe, appreciated and respected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and is it a trickier hiring process? Sure. 
you know, because it's, it's not the, you know, 10 minute interview type of of thing. And, you know, but you need to make sure that they are truly going to be a good fit. Yeah. And, you know, we just added a young man to our team here a couple months or about a month ago. And the biggest concern of the team was, Mm -hmm. will this person fit in our culture? Mm -hmm. Right. Not about what do they know? Are they a hard worker? Mm-hmm. Will they fit in our mm-hmm. culture? And and I have told my team that we will know mm-hmm. in less than 60 days if mm-hmm. they're going to fit, right? right? And if they don't, mm-hmm. we'll find somebody else. But we, mm-hmm. spend, we spend a lot of time on the process prior to making an mm-hmm. offer. And there's a lot of tools out there, you know, mm-hmm. Culture Index, Colby, the Print, all mm-hmm. the different things that are out there that you can use. And and if you look at that along with everybody else on your team, mm-hmm. uh, you know there's some magic that can happen. Right, right. You know, and and those conversations and things are, you know, how you get to know so much. You know, I I remember, and I I tell people this all the time when I work with them when they're in the job market. You never know who's actually <clears throat> interviewing you. So be nice to that person at the front desk, um, you know, and, and, and do your research in advance. Even if it's just simple things like, you know, everybody in the office wears jeans and we've all been told no jeans for job interviews, right? So, you know, maybe you're not going to wear jeans for the job interview, but you're not going to wear the suit and tie and, and, you know, all of those things because you want them to know you can fit into that culture. Right. You know, and 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 I I always find it interesting. You know, like I've talked to people who have said, you know, they they put me into the fishbowl room, right? You know, so it was the conference room that had all windows, and then just left me there for a while. And you know what they were doing was they were watching to see what you were going to do. Um, you know, were you sitting there playing on your phone? All of those various things, and and you know, or you know, and and sometimes they, you know, I talked to one person. They said, yeah, they had their annual reports there. So I picked them up and I read them and I went, oh, ding, ding. <laughs> so instead of, you know, playing solitaire, checking email, he learned more about the company, um, you right. know, and, and right. so, yeah, you know, that, that fitting into that culture is, is just so important. And, you know, and, and that boss obviously sets that culture from the top, exactly what you were saying, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and it is hard, you know, back to, to, you know, being the, the male that is, you know, I mean, we go all the way back to caveman time, you know, women stayed in the cave and, you know, did, and the guys went out and killed the whatevers and drug them home, um, you know, and fought the wars and, and all of those things. And of course, ego gets pretty tied into that. Um, and I think one of the biggest examples we have seen of one of the biggest, you know, things that, that has happened with a marriage is Tom Brady and Giselle, and I never say her name right. So, I'm, right. you know, right. and you know, and, and from the outside, we all went, oh, my gosh, they have it all. You know, she is this model. He is the goat. I mean, you know, and I come from the land of John Elway and, and, you know, and, and Peyton Manning. Um, and, you know, they've got these beautiful children, all this home, everything you could want. And it didn't last. Um, and, you know, and, and I think a big part of that was, you know, part of it was his ego. He really did. The, I can play more. I can, you know, I am the goat. I can play more. And I remember one of the headlines where, you know, right after it happened, Giselle's comment was, I just wanted him home. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have to think about that. Mm-hmm. And what this is tough for me to, to kind of talk about because I, I lived through. Right. No, not yeah, you're, you're like you were saying. Your dad was, he was, uh, you know, he was a coach. He was an athletic director. So that yeah. same mindset. I mean, and, and sports people is, do have a different mindset. And this this performance in in, um, you know, one of the things that I think that I l- would love to ask Tom Brady or, you know, any of these people. I ask it all the time to the young folks in our offices. What type of human being do you want to raise right because you are setting the standard of your Mm -hmm. child Mm -hmm. that's going to have to perform at the very top tier right and maybe they maybe they don't want it maybe Mm -hmm. they want to be 
a custodian or a school mm-hmm. teacher or right. a framer, mm-hmm. or maybe they want to have, you know, an art studio, nothing against any of that. Right. It, it's what makes them unique. But, mm-hmm. but if you teach them that it's only about that level of success, mm-hmm. what are we raising? Right. Um, you know, I'm so proud of my kids and it's, um, people used to criticize us because we'd make them work and they'd, you know, have jobs and, and this and that. And my daughter's 23 in veterinary medical school. She wants to be an orthopedic surgeon. Our son, you, you read about Mm -hmm. in the book about my son's auditory processing Mm -hmm. disorder and how that affected his schooling. And we didn't know it until ninth grade, but helping groom him into a um, somebody with good work ethic mm-hmm. that treats people with respect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he's at the top of the top of the charts as far as a mechanic in the racing mm-hmm. industry. Wow. Um, but he understands the value of the time that he and I were able to spend together mm-hmm. and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think sometimes we focus on in, in corporate America, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the award for, Hey, top salesman of the year, mm-hmm. top person right. of the year, and you did it again, and you mm-hmm. did it again, and you did it again. I got the good parking spot. <laughs> and you've been divorced three times. Mm-hmm. It's tragic that mm-hmm. that we set these things as we don't think about what is success really. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it goes back to that generational mm-hmm. sin. So, what is Tom Brady's? What are the, what are his kids going to think of mm-hmm. success? Right. Not everybody is going to be. Right. Tom Brady. Right. And, uh, and and they were worth 700 and some million dollars between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Their great grandkids can't have, can't, you know, they've, they've got more money than their great grandkids can spend. Right. So right. It, there was definitely not that drive of, I have to get more money. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that was a little bit in there, but, but yeah, it, it, he did, it, he did not have to continue working for financial gain. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that is the problem for, of course, many average (laughs) non-football great people. Um, normal is maybe the word I should say who do have to keep working. Um, they sometimes have to work those horrible hours because they want that financial success. But one of the things that you mentioned, and you talk about this in the book is what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. You know, okay. Maybe you're not going on the vacation to Disney world. But you're you're going to take your family to the park every week. You know what are they going to remember? And and you mentioned this in your book, the how we look back at at when we were kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what type of memories are we going to have of our parents? And right. I think that's probably the greatest tragedy of all is so many times we look back and they're not good memories. That's right, and and. You know, my business partner, Kyle, he and I were talking about it because obviously he read the book and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he talks about the same thing and, mm-hmm. and how he was raised. And so we, I, I try and mentor him to say, okay, what experience do you want your kids to mm-hmm. have? And, you know, I, I have a lot of regrets. We've all made mm-hmm. mistakes. I wish I could go back and do a lot of things different. Um, and listening to my dad at the end of his life, mm-hmm. you know, what what he regretted right. and what he mm-hmm. wished he would think. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't go back. None of us can go right. backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, looking through the eyes of a child, they don't care how much is in your checking account. They don't care right. how many rooms you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, they care about how much you care about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we could, we could talk about that all day. And, mm-hmm. and the other part of it is a really successful person. Um, you have a very successful couple or, somebody in business that their child gets pretty much anything they want. And, mm-hmm. and let's say they're not even a spoiled rotten kid. They just, right. they just lived a pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say blessed life. Cause mm-hmm. that's when he's not the, the blessing. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't go without. Right. They didn't have to now worry they, about when were they going to get lunch? Now were they, they going to get lunch? Yeah. But now they go into a relationship with, that individual who mm-hmm. maybe is a mechanic like my son right. or is a carpenter or a mm-hmm. school teacher and they don't have lots of wealth. Mm-hmm. What expectation are we setting in that mm-hmm. relationship? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it's, it's so important to mm-hmm. think 
about what are those priorities? Mm -hmm. What do you want to have it look like? Um, what kind of a human being do you want to raise? Right. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a college basketball fan. Um, you know, I'm getting ready to, to kick back up into things and, and, you know, and, and so it's going to be fun. And, but several weeks ago, there was the story about, you know, it was a University of Kentucky uh, game and it was just, you know, preseason, you know, and I think it was, was, you know, it, it was an inner squad type of thing. So they weren't even playing anybody else. And, and this, this went viral um, and you had the coal miner who came and sat with his son and they were in the front oh. row, right? Of course they oh. were in the front row. And right. there's his kid three ish. I'm thinking, you know, and that man clearly came straight from work to say yeah. he was grubby and dirty was right. an understatement. Um, right. You know, I'm guessing the people around him kind of went, Oh, wow. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, but that, it, that game was so important to his son right. that he knew he couldn't miss it. Right. You know, and, and, and I, I love it. And I'm thinking, you know what, if, if I had been there and figured that out, I was going to buy that man a beer, um, you know, and, and, but of course the, the coach Calipari, people love him, people hate him. You know, he's, he's kind of one of those type of coaches. His staff pointed this out to him. And now these folks are going to be treated like VIPs the every game they go to and, you know, and, and, but what I loved was it was showing not just his son, but everybody. You know what? Being with my son was the most important thing in the world. Maybe yeah. I smelled. Maybe I was dirty. You know, he was dirty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And but yeah, even taking yeah. half hour to clean up. Nope, nope. He was going to go yeah. be with his son, and yeah. I think that is such an incredible lesson for everybody. You know, it's it's, it's exactly what you've been saying. You know, yeah. that's, and, and now granted, you know, the, the, the kid's going to have, because of the world we're in, he'll be able to see that forever. But yeah, those memories that those, that our children have of us, you know, are they of, you know, dad came home from work and he was grubby. Mom did this, you know, all these things, what, you know, and, and, or were they there? Or even if they were there, were they focused on us? Um, yeah. You know, it, were they in the stands? Uh, I, you know, you talk about this in the, in the book, you know, the dads are there, but they're watching the game, but they're not really watching the game because they're checking their email, you know, all of these various things. And, and, you know, it's be there and be there. I mean, that's, that's be the important present. thing. Be present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my son, you know, he hated horses, scared of horses. My daughter loves horses. Right. Mm -hmm. I think all girls when they're little like horses, but mm -hmm. Um, he was into anything with wheels and a motor. And mm -hmm. so we'd buy engines that weren't working and we'd tear them apart. I have a degree in economics. I am not a mechanic. No, no, and that was not, you didn't know a, a crescent wrench from it. <laughs> no. And he, you know, mom, dad's bleeding again, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but being present and doing that. Right. Then you were his, his assistant. Friends, yeah. And then his mm -hmm. friends would come to our house mm -hmm. and to work on stuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I wanted the kids to want to come to our mm -hmm. house. Right. Uh, number one, I wanted to know where my kids were. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's uh, so important to be present. And mm -hmm. and you can't always. Mm -hmm. But if you tell them, mm -hmm. I'm going to be there. If mm -hmm. you don't show up mm -hmm. or you show up and you're sitting on your phone. Right. Shame on you. Mm -hmm. you know, I remember I remember playing Little League Baseball, looking up into the bleachers and seeing my Uncle Bill. Mm -hmm. be there and not my dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't all the time, but it was frequently. And it was, it just was heart wrenching at the time. And, mm -hmm. and as a kid, you don't think about it. You just mm -hmm. think, oh, my dad's not here. Right. But later on, um, you, you just don't want to set that mm -hmm. precedence with right. your family. Right. You, know, you can't. Well, you, you and kids able to compare. Kid. You know, your dad might not have been there, but you looked around and you counted yeah. how many other dads were there. Right. And, you know, it's, yeah, you know, we, it, people like, you know, like to think, oh, the, the kids don't notice. Oh, they do. Kind of like they, they keep score too. We might think, oh, we're not going to keep score. Oh, they know how many goals they scored. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the one thing I, I, um, I talked about a bit was the fact that I missed my son's very first Christmas program. Um, and it was because of the corporate world. Mm -hmm. My supervisor did not care. Mm -hmm. that it was my son's very first Christmas program. 
And I had to be at a meeting and I missed that Christmas program. You're never going to get that back. Right. And, you know, it, as a business owner, mm-hmm. if one of my team says, hey, my son or my daughter has this big thing going on or my spouse has mm-hmm. this big thing going on. Well, let's get it. You know, mm-hmm. let's get everything done that we need to get yep. done and get you there. Mm-hmm. And I value that. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've heard people say, well, they're going to take advantage. Okay, that comes back to that hiring process. You know, you've hired the people who aren't going to take advantage. Um, you know, because we've we've all, you know, especially if we've been in corporate America, we've all had the people whose grandma died 20 times, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. And, yeah. You know, and 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 you just didn't trust them to do anything. Um, you know, and and, and yeah, yeah, you know, and, and but yeah, if you've hired good people when mm-hmm. they say you know what? My wife's sick. I need to work from home today. You know that the wife is sick and they need to work from home. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not, I need a doctor's note or anything like that. It's no, you know, okay. What do we need to do? Do you, you know, is your Wi Fi right. working right? What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and once you treat them that way and they know that mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll, they'll do everything for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you, know. you know, and, and then they, you know, we, we talked, you know, you, you make it like a family because then they help everybody else out. You right. know, it's like, okay, well, we know Patrick needs to leave early to go to this. And so I'm going to do his project for the day because yep. they know that the next time that it's, they're going to help you, um, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it is that, that culture of, you know, what do we want to build and, and how do we want it to be successful? Yeah. I want people to be happier. So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, it might mean that you're not making as much money as a company as you could. Mm-hmm. But like you said, people stay with you forever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, you know, in my in my book, I talk about progress, not perfection. And that's mm-hmm. the, the business that I've created on the side is PNP strategies. Progress, not perfection is mm-hmm. if you think you have to be perfect, mm-hmm. right, or uh, Dan Sullivan, again, strategic coach, talks about the gap. If your view is the horizon and that's your goal is getting to the horizon or the top tier, you're never going to be happy. Right. So you're never going to be perfect. Right. You're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny is my, my, my wife is a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. How she married me, I don't know. <laughs> or why she married me, I don't know. And But that's kind of instilled a little bit in my daughter and a B was failure mm-hmm. to them. And I said, my God, you know, I'm a, I'm a horrible dad and I'm a horrible husband. I don't know why you ever married me. And they said, why do you say that? And mm-hmm. I said, because I'm a B. Mm-hmm. And, and they I, say, no, you're not. They say, no, you're not. Like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I got a 3.1 GPA from college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a B. <laughs> it wasn't to me to be the top of my class. Mm-hmm. And I am all about relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I want to build relationships. I love relationships mm-hmm. with people, um, clients, friends, whatever. But I don't have to have that A++ rating right. in class mm-hmm. to have those kinds of relationships. Right. And um, it, it's, it's fun. They don't, they don't appreciate it anymore when I say that to them, but um, sometimes they tell people we meet that, you know, my wife married a failure and to just joke about it, but mm-hmm. to her, a B was failure. And if that's somebody's mindset in business, you know, to me, I need to pay all my team, mm-hmm. right? My team needs to be here. I need yeah. to be able to pay rent. I need to mm-hmm. be able to pay all the bills. Obviously the- you want to make money for your clients. Make money for our clients, absolutely. Because if we don't have them, we don't have anything. No, there is no business. Mm-hmm. But how much is enough mm-hmm. at home? Right. And if you make a, a lot of extra, maybe you just need to give it away. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and I love hearing the stories about, you know, and especially when they're like the bazillionaires giving money away. But it can always, you know, it, it starts small. Um, you know, we have some friends and, and, uh, their their kids are now in their twenties, and they were oh, you know, six eight years old when they started doing things to earn money. And one of the things that that you know they they were always taught was X percent gets saved, X percent gets tithed. 
you know, and, and whether you're giving to a church, a nonprofit, and, and it might be time also, you know, okay, you're going to volunteer once a week, all these various things. And, you know, and because I think the giving back is also so important. And it's, and I think that's one of the things that I look back with my upbringing. And that was something that my, my mom especially said, you're going to volunteer, you're going to do this. You're, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's still just ingrained in me. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes you you end up being a full-time volunteer, but yeah. it's, you know, it, it is, how can you give back? And, and that's, I think that's, I think we've, you know, the, the millennials, that really isn't ingrained in them. You know, they, they are that generation where they want to give back and, and, um, you know, and, and which I, I, I think is, is fabulous. Yeah. One of the, one of the fondest memories of early Christmas, with my kids was a year that um, I was involved in an organization in the town that we were living in at the time, the Optimist Club. And um, we were given Christmas gifts to underprivileged families and trees and things like that. And, and I remember taking my little girl and my son um, and going to these houses to, to deliver food and presents and, and my kids coming out saying they didn't have a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So we went and got him a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and we bought him a bunch of presents and brought to the family. Right. Um, and my kids recognized that for a long mm-hmm. time. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and again, that's a memory that they still have. Yep. You know, and, and so, yeah, it wasn't that you were saying, look, we have the 10 foot high tree that has so many presents under it. We can't get near it. It was, right. you know, let's, even if you're buying them a Charlie Brown tree, you yeah. know, yeah. something that you're doing. Um, yeah. 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 Giving back is pretty important. Right. And time, you know, that's the, we we actually volunteered over the weekend for um, an event through my husband's company, but it was, it was for veterans. Always, you know, a a soft spot in my heart. My father was a world war II veteran and just incredibly proud of that. And, you know, I, I didn't really, they, they had things so well organized. We didn't have a ton of stuff to do. So, I listened, you know, Hey, thank you, sir. I see on your hat that, that you were in Korea and that was all you had to say. (laughs) Right. And, and it was just so much fun to sit there and listen to him. And these were veterans who in a lot of ways were down on their luck. You know, we, we had extra food that we were giving them knowing that that was probably their meals for the next couple of days and, and things like that. And, but yeah, just to listen to their stories that was what they wanted, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's one of those things that we can never take for granted is, you know, what, you know, just giving a little bit of our time, how much of a difference is it going to make for somebody? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and the cool thing is when you have companies that do that, I always love hearing the stories about companies who have that philanthropic, um, you know, but that, that comes back you know, the whole thing culture, you know, is because if it's important to your family, then it's going to be important in your business and, you know, you give back that way. And, and so it's always great to hear the stories about companies that, that do things like that. Yeah. We are, my team, uh, we, we adopt a couple of families every year and, and single moms are a soft spot in my heart, mm-hmm. uh, because I was raised by single right. mom. Mm-hmm. So we go to. The areas of our community that have the less privileged mm-hmm. schools, the mm-hmm. you know lower income areas, mm-hmm. and find some families. And I don't expect my team to spend their money right. to mm-hmm. buy the present. They have their priorities. Wrapping, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm terrible wrapping. So the company will buy all the gifts mm-hmm. and all the things, and then as a team, we mm-hmm. we wrap them and we do all mm-hmm. the things and we put notes. Uh, inside because they'll tell us it's a you know seven-year-old little girl or Mm -hmm. whatever Um, and it's so much fun Mm -hmm. to be able to go provide that in the the, usually the school counselor says do you want the do you want the family to know and Mm -hmm. no it's Santa Claus right Mm -hmm. right Uh, it's so much fun Mm -hmm. and you know this time of the year it's you know it's coming up on us but um, Mm -hmm. being able to do that and giving back is Mm -hmm. It's pretty awesome. And you don't right. do it to try and get more business. In. Yeah. You do it because you've been blessed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, sometimes it is, you know, you give them a dollar, you mm-hmm. know, and, and to be honest, sometimes that makes somebody's dinner, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. you know, so it's never, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't have enough 
to give them. It's what, what can I give? Um, you know, and, and so, but yeah. And, and it's, it's that word that we've mentioned several times is priorities, you know, and, and I think as business owners, it is tricky when we are trying to do everything, um, you know, and, and, and it was funny, you mentioned it at the start, everybody goes into business because they think, wow, I'm going to have the freedom to do what I want. (laughs) And we were like, no, we now just signed on for 28 hour days. right? Right. Um, and, and it is hard, but it's, you know, I learned, you know, I started my business 20 years ago. And one of the things I learned was boundaries, but boundaries for my clients. Now, you know, and, and obviously it's different for every business, but I told them, you know, and I provide marketing and public relations, not earth shattering into the world type of things, you know, and, and, um, and I told them, I said, I have office hours. They are eight till five. And, you know, and, and I said, and if you need me evenings, weekends, holidays, if it is an emergency, here's how you reach me, but no, it will cost you double. And that almost always made them go, oh, it can wait. Um, yeah. You know, and, and things have changed. I mean, you know, I'm in one time zone there and another, you know, and so you have to be flexible. But I also learned I'm not going to respond to their emails at 10 o'clock at night because right. then the next time they expect that I will respond at 10 o'clock at night. And yeah. in your book, you talk about, you know, we have our VIP clients and why in the heck are we not treating our families like they're VIPs? Because they really are our VIPs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's to my point of, you know, would you walk into a meeting to go do marketing presentation or something to a potential client or an existing client mm-hmm. with your phone and answer text messages right. and answer calls when it comes in and the answer to that is no one would do that right so why do we do it to our family mm-hmm. um and, and i talk about the fact that not only not only you know do we not treat them as a vip mm-hmm. we need to and I, I had a guy tell me he was offended that i wrote in my book my my family's my most important client and it was the shock factor of why mm-hmm. i said it. right they're not clients mm-hmm. but why are we not treating right. them mm-hmm. better than we treat mm-hmm. But the other part of it is, is, you know, I used to make my kids breakfast and take them to school every morning. before. Oh, I, I love that up. part of your book. That was the and, most important thing for you was you made them breakfast. And, you know, the the person who was in charge of the investment region that I was working in just drove him crazy mm-hmm. that I wasn't in the office when the markets opened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I finally, as in my book, I just said, fire me. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna make I'm getting my job done. So what is your problem? Yeah, I'm going to take my. I'm going to make my kids breakfast and take them to school every morning. Okay, that's one thing. But are you on the phone the whole time? Right. Mm-hmm. And and how many people today? You know, I. It's only a 20 minute commute for me to get to work, but so mm-hmm. often I see mom or dad in the front on the mm-hmm. phone, and the kid watching videos. In mm-hmm. the car. Right. That is not quality time. It's not. And, and people say, well, yeah, I get, you know, 20 minutes with my kid in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So have a conversation. Talk right. to them about my bus. And it doesn't up. matter if they're three or 13 or 23. No, it doesn't. And, and so treating them. And so often I think we miss that. We don't even think about it. You know, you, you talk about it. We're talking about it now and people are going to go, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But why didn't we think about that? Right. Right. And, and treating them with that level of respect, or if you tell them I'm going to be there and then say, Oh, a really important client called, I got to take this meeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as important. Right. Mm-hmm. What message are you giving? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and unfortunately what we see is when things go wrong, so many times when you talk to the parent and you know, whether it's, you know, there's obviously degrees of wrong, you know, their grades fail, there's drugs, there's, mm-hmm. Huge catastrophes. I mean, you know, I'm from Colorado and, you know, Columbine will always be something that, that, you know, and, 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 but like I said, maybe they got C's when they used to get A's, you know, all of these various things. And so many times the parents say, I had no idea. And, you know, and I, I'm, that always perplexes me because I'm like, why the hell not? (laughs) And, and a big part of it is. Yeah, you know, we just we were so busy giving them the life that they deserved that we didn't give them the life that they deserved. Right. And how many times do people 
you know, there's stages of life when people get divorced. Mm -hmm. One of those stages is all of a sudden the kids have gone away to college. Who who is this person? (laughs) And and now, you know, I don't know who you are and I don't like you anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. And it's this just this little degrees of separation. You realize, you know, when was the last time we sat down and had dinner together? It, you know, my wife and I this week or actually last week mm-hmm. uh, was last Thursday, I'm trying to figure out what day it is. But last Thursday, something was going on. Mm-hmm. I said, we've been married for 33 years mm-hmm. and I and we're at our lunch and I mm-hmm. said, I know something's up and I screw up all the time. What did I do? What did I do? Is there mm-hmm. something wrong? We need to communicate about mm-hmm. this because our weekly get together is kind of a reset. We need to mm-hmm. reset, right. make sure that there's not something. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I'm busy. I didn't think about it. My wife lost her brother at the age of 44. He had mm-hmm. a massive heart attack and his birthday was yesterday. So wow. she was thinking of mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But for me, I knew something was going on. There's mm-hmm. something wrong. Right. If you're not checking in, mm-hmm frequent basis, mm-hmm. you're not going to know. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you come home and your kids are in their bedroom and they're just doing their mm-hmm. homework, you think, and they come out for 15 minutes and say, mm-hmm. good night, love you. And right. what has been What are they on? doing on that computer that whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to be checking in and, and, you know, shame on our corporate world mm-hmm. for not putting more focus back on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm striving to do. And one of the reasons I wrote the book is, is I know, well, I already have, Mm -hmm. I know that my book will save a marriage and will save a kid's life. Mm -hmm. And I've already received letters about that. And um, to me, that's more valuable than, you know, oh, I could have spent a lot more time working than writing that book. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that. But um, that's what I hope, you Mm -hmm. know, comes of it. So. Right. You know, and, and the key is to recognize it and then work to fix it. It's still not yeah. going to be perfect, you right. know, as, as you were saying, but if you're, if you're thinking, okay, you know, I missed my kids last four basketball games. Mm-hmm. I darn well, I'm going to make sure I'm there for the next four or maybe yeah. the next one, you right. know, let's, it, it, it's because some of it is setting realistic goals. You know, if you say, I'm never going to miss a game again, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so then everybody gets upset. Um, but if you say, I'm going to make it to the next game, then then it's easier. Okay, now I'm going to make it to the next game. And oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it to the next one. But if, you know, if you're honest and you say, here's why, but right. I'm going to make it to the next one, or we're going to do something different. You know, we we missed our time together. So what can we do? Things like that. And, and I mean, it comes down to that little thing called communication, right? You know, yeah. if, if yeah. somebody's upset, well, you know, I, I tell my husband, I'm sorry, I can't read your mind. And yeah. I know he thinks that about me all the time, you know, and, and especially when he's like, I have no idea what I've done wrong, you know, and, and some of it is, you know, some, some little thing. Well, yeah, I can't expect him to read my mind. So if I'm not happy, I should say, you know, same with people you're working with, with your clients, all of those things, you know, if they're not paying their bills on time then they need to know this is right. not acceptable. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's uh, it comes down to what you said it comes down to communication mm-hmm. and set realistic expectations mm-hmm. because it's unmet um, or it's expectations that are set so high that you can't achieve them is just setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. So set yourself up for success. Right. And in that success goes to, if you tell them you're going to be there, Mm-hmm. You best be there. Right. Because, and if not, you need to tell them why. Right. Right. But I, but I think if you're going to say, I'm going to be there and you don't, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there and you don't, it's just unmet promises and, you know, they're not going to have confidence in you in right. the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because the next time you say, I'm going to be there, they're like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's exactly what you said, you know, who are we raising? What are we raising them to be? Yeah. Um, you know, and and you know, and and if we're showing them the, a good example that's not perfect, that's better than showing them no example at all. Yeah, yeah. But expecting perfection, mm-hmm. 
you know, this is where my son, we got into issues with my son is expecting that high level. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know he had a a hearing deficit. Right. Uh, Yeah. Because you tested for it and they all said no. And so you went, well, he's just not paying attention. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's important to stay connected. Right. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, Patrick, we could go on forever. And this is, this is why I set a timer because this is so interesting. Um, but tell people a little bit more about what you do and what are the services that you provide? Sure. So, you know, I am a business owner. I own a wealth management company uh, with my business partner in Spokane, Washington, uh, where we help people pay, you know, low amount of tax as possible. It's mm-hmm. not illegal, but also help them figure out how they're going to manage their money in their retirement. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I do is uh, I have the business PNP strategies. Mm-hmm. PNP stands for progress, not perfection mm-hmm. strategies um, at, um, at outlook.com. If somebody mm-hmm. wants to email me or PNP strategies.com, they can go to the website and, you know, I do one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer to talk to groups. I love speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to get out and, and uh, talk in corporations or or groups of individuals who are just trying to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing that. Um, I have an airplane and I try and fly the different places that, you know, it's part of the reasons why I did what, mm-hmm. bought the airplane, but to be able to go to places and, and uh, to talk about this and make, make it known that number one, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's feeling uncomfortable right now with this conversation probably needs to read my book. Right. Yeah. Because they're thinking, uh oh. (laughs) And and male or female, right? Male or female. And yes, I got the front cover wrong about, you know, being a family man. But from a marketing standpoint, you gotta get your niche. (laughs) You gotta get your niche. Mm -hmm. Um, but but reading the book I think is important. Um Mm -hmm. for those people who this has made a little uncomfortable. But I will tell you, I got to where I am through a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I made mistakes. Uh, you make progress to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all we can do is get a little bit better. Right. And, and so helping people understand that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people out there and it's okay, you know, for men to share their emotions and um, far be it from what my dad said, right? Mm-hmm. But um, so pnpstrategies.com is the website. Uh, we post videos on there every week about just different sections in the book. Um, there is information there about speaking and how to connect with me. So perfect. I love it. And we'll have the the link to the book in, in the show notes um, so that people can, can find that, you know, this is something that it needs to be an ongoing conversation because clearly, you know, I'm sure that Ugg the caveman had problems like this, right. You know, and, and it will continue far into the future, but anything we can do, to help make it better. You know, I, I think, you know, this is, is something that we need to just continue this conversation. So I'd love to talk with you again, um, yeah. you know, and, and to, to do that. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? You know, the, the thought that came to mind uh, just right as we're ending up is um, I would ask people to not shut this video off and then get right back into the routine of what they typically do and and say, you know, all that was great information. I would ask that people would write something down and make a note. You know, I used to put a note on my garage door opener, pray before entering because it was a fight when I got home and, and I had to have that reminder, you know, at the end of the day, if we have a successful relationship and if we raise good quality human beings as children and grandchildren, there's no greater success. And, and so if you're placing the success of your business at the very top of the chart, um, you know, I would ask you to reflect on that because, um, you know, I almost got married. I almost got divorced. My wife and I've stayed married. Um, that would have been very damaging to the future generations of my family. And so, so that's it. I, I would ask people to just write down something that they, they got from today or go back and, and re-listen to it um, and work on just making, making progress, just make some progress. Oh my gosh. I love it. This has been so much fun. And, you know, I, I, as I said, I can't wait to do it again, but until then I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Patrick Cummings and until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks so much. 
Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.